0: I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. Hey, Happy New Year, friend! Welcome to the first episode of Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast 2022. I'm your host, Abby Gibb. It's great to have you here. I couldn't imagine a better way to kick things off for this beautiful, welcomed year than with my dear friend and mentor, the one, the only, can I get a drum roll, please? Jen Pasteloff. Jen's first book remains a global sensation. It's called On Being Human, a memoir of waking up, living real, and listening hard.
1: So it's making space and allowing for the messy parts for all of it and really recognizing ourselves and each
0: other. This memoir, her work, her life is really a story about how years of waitressing taught her to look for the unexpected beauty. She says this a lot, like how to put yourself in the way of beauty. I love that. And then how hearing loss taught her to listen fiercely. Yeah. So today, this episode, she's going to ask me to repeat myself maybe a couple of times and she's got her hearing aids in. So she is legally hard of hearing. That's another important part. And then how imperfections can lead to a life full of wild happiness. Hmm. So good, right? It's all sounding awesome until you put this shit into practice. And then that inner asshole voice gets real loud again, doesn't it?
1: The inner asshole is, if we're not careful, or rather, if we're not conscious
0: and willing, it can run our lives. Yeah. So today we got to talk about how to shut up the inner asshole, how to find compassion and peace with the fact that, newsflash, it's never actually really going to go away and how we can begin to live our lives more fully and with more joy and wild happiness, as she says. And I know you're going to find Jen's story incredibly powerful, but this is just a gentle reminder that your story is powerful too, which is why I put together the Craft Your Signature Story course. You have a story worth sharing, and this is exactly where to start. It's the signature formula that every major influencer you think is so fancy, like Brene Brown, Oprah, all of them, they're all using it. They just didn't want you to know that they follow a formula. So, once you unlock your signature story, all the other things that you may want to learn fall into place. So, this is why I think this is so important because once you unlock this, growing your social media following, becoming like a viral guest on podcasts, if you run an online business, like a coaching business of any kind, or you're an author, like selling out of programs, all of it becomes more natural, more embodied. It starts with this course. This is step number one. So, the link. Is in the show notes. Let's get over to the incredible Jen Pasteloff. All right. I feel like there are writers, there are coaches, there are authors, there are leaders. And then there's Jen Pasteloff. Ah, Jen. ah, Jen Jen fucking Pasteloff. You are a joy in this world. And I'm genuinely fucking stoked to get to chat with you, my friend.
1: You're, you're amazing.
0: I love you. What an intro. Well, there I'll you be go. Back.
1: Well, thanks for having
0: me. Well, and I, I shared this with you once, but I'll share it with the podcast audience because they don't know this. When I first quit my last normal job before entrepreneurship, I was in a grocery store and I came across a magazine, yoga journal, or something like that. And I'm just passing through, waiting for them to scan everything. And I see an article about this woman and she's got this cool picture of her that looks like, uh, I don't know, like cereal's been thrown on her face or something. And I started- Like I look like a cupcake or something. You did, you look like a cupcake. And it was like, there's this woman called Jen Passloff, and she hosts these special types of retreats and she's an author. And I took a picture because I was broke at the time and couldn't afford to actually buy said magazine. And yep, that's it. That's the picture. And I took this picture. On my phone, and I would look at it from time to time to be like, this is what I want to create. I've never read this lady's book. I've never been to one of her events, but I can just tell this is the shit. And then fast forward less than two years later, and you're on my fucking podcast, and I would consider you a friend. Like that's how crazy the world works. I love it. I love it. I love it too. When you told me that,
1: yeah, that's so cool.
0: It's so cool. It's so fun. And, you know, obviously. We all love your book, obviously. Y'all,
1: the whole world. The whole
0: world. Everybody thank loves it. Good. It's good. Uh-huh. It's good shit, though. Like, thank it's you. it's it feels almost like I shouldn't be allowed to read it, which is my favorite. Oh, my God. I love that. I was I was going
1: to hold it up. But, you know, why would I have it handy? Come on, <laughs> then. Um
0: Thank you. I mean, that's really. Wow. Wow. Here it is. There it is right there on being human what does that mean to you now years later after writing this book what does it mean now to be human for you in this season
1: it means the same thing that it's always meant is that allowing allowing room for all of it for me for anyone to experience all of it Here's an example you know you think you've done all the work and you're in a good place and blah blah and then like the pandemic hits, I'm talking about myself here. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, how did I get here again? I How did I get here? This is like how I felt when I was 30 or this depression or this spiral. Um, and allowing, okay, I'm human, you know? Then now that doesn't mean I stay in the upset or the stress or the spiral, but not judging myself for it. So it's making space and allowing for the messy part for, for all of it and really recognizing ourselves and each other.
0: Hmm. I would say that's one of your many gifts is that I, in your presence, feel deeply seen. Oh, well, that's, that's
1: thanks. That's, that's the work of my life. So that means a, a lot to me. Thank yeah, you.
0: you hold space in a really beautiful way that I genuinely admire. And I think that's one of the pieces that we all as humans crave is just to feel seen, to feel enough. And one mm-hmm. of the big pieces that I think holds us back from that experience, the things that hold us back in that's messy, unlovable parts of me that shouldn't be seen or accepted or spoken about is this inner asshole is what you name it. Tell us what it means to you to, uh, to have the inner asshole. Why do we all fucking have it? How do we get rid of it? (laughs) So what
1: is it? What is it? The inner asshole is that voice that tells us to, you know, well, look, your inner asshole can say all different sorts of things, but it, it essentially upholds the bullshit stories or it upholds things that aren't true. and. Everyone, I believe, has one, although some people have a very quiet one. And maybe somebody doesn't have one. God bless them. I haven't met that person yet. And, you know, I've had years of my life where it was the boss of me. And now what I realize is not so much that I kill it, but that I quiet it. And it's a daily practice every day. And um, and the big the big shift in the last few months, I realized, was offering it compassion. So it's like, okay, I see you. I hear you. I get it. And I don't need you today. <laughs> not today, Satan. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, because ultimately I think like, if I think about my inner asshole, will say, you know, you're not a real writer. I'm thinking of things that says, mm-hmm. or, um, you'll always be broke or you'll always live in chaos or, um, you're a bad, I'm a bad person, right? That's the old bullshit story. I, every day I find different ways and tools to quiet that. And some days I fail, but ultimately I offer compassion because it thinks it sounds cliche. It thinks it's trying to protect us or, 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 mm-hmm. you know, like stay small. Don't sit, you know, it's like, but that's why it's like, I see you, I get you and I don't need you. I offer my yeah. compassion, but it's the voice that, that tells us like, don't start a podcast. There's 8 billion of them already, Abby. You know, don't that's one of your mine. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't. Oh, the things. The oh, tools, you're not enough. To, oh, I'll fill know.
0: them in. My inner asshole, Jen. Don't start a podcast. Why do you think that's going to be special? Who are you to try to write a book? There's plenty of books. Maybe you're not as good as you think you are. That's a big one. And,
1: and uh, maybe you are. Yeah.
0: And maybe you're um, not unique. Um, maybe it's it it never ends i think one of the most profound pieces i saw when i got to work with you in a workshop setting was when i realized how many stories i have around food which i know is something that both of us oh, have been recovering
1: I a, yeah i did an instagram live this morning with this author food story yes alicia tell us yeah food story
0: yes i mean the right so if you're if you're listening and you're like what is a food story think about when you say i want to have this pizza pizza because I earned it. Or I shouldn't do this right because I haven't worked out yet. Or I'll have half of this cookie. I used to eat, Jen, half of a fucking cookie and be like, no, that was good. I'm good. Thank you. What? Abby, eat the whole fucking cookie.
1: Yeah.
0: The food stories that we have. It's
1: it's it's incredible. And it's and it's of course never really about the food, Mm -mm. but the inner asshole is if we're not careful or rather if we're not conscious and willing it can it can run our lives you know mm-hmm. yeah and and look some people you from the outside look you know we can't tell but it makes you miserable because no matter what you're never you're never enough
0: you're never enough it's never enough It's never enough. So what are some things that you've been doing recently? Like, what was something that your inner asshole told you today? And how are you meeting it with compassion and quieting it? Well, I've been sick
1: um, really for like a month. You know, I got a cold on, I don't know, October 2nd. And now it's like November, whatever it is. Second, a month <laughs> and it just lingered 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 and then I flew to Iowa to give this you keynote and I got really sick. I knew I was on the plane going there and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm not feeling well." I just ended up getting really 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 sick. And I decided I I I rerouted my trip. I was meant to go to New York after and fly to California back home from there, and I decided to cancel the East Coast leg and come right home. And it was the first time in a really long time Where, despite everything I teach, I chose me, where I thought, okay, I'm really going to walk the talk. I am going to disappoint someone because I know I did by not going. And even though I know they understood, I'm going to disappoint someone, but I'm going to take care of myself. And I got back and I decided I just committed to deep rest, deep rest, you know? And the inner asshole will today like start, well, yeah but yeah but yeah but because because mainly i'm i'm feeling better yeah and now that i'm feeling better but that was all month every time i thought i was feeling better you know now that i'm feeling better i'm like all right now i you know um so so i guess the inner asshole is you don't get to rest right
0: you've rested enough so now you don't get to rest right did you reach your rest quota
1: The, 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 my, my whole next book is about this, this new thing of mine that I say a lot, which is you get to have this. Anything your inner also says you don't get to have, like so many women, especially, um, like what the heck is rest or, or like you said, feel like they have to earn it or feel guilty or anything in regards to taking care of ourselves is like so last year and so, you know, guilty and like, oh, I couldn't or I'm being selfish and. And no, that's not the case. But the inner asshole will tell you that is the case. So you get to have this. You get to rest. Even if you're feeling better, even if for no reason, right?
0: Yeah, literally for no reason, because you're a human being on this random rock. You get to rest. Yeah. Congratulations. Um,
1: thank you. The inner asshole. Well, I'm thinking specifically today. Today, that's the big one. I know like a- about a week or so, two weeks ago, I was really spiraling with, with my writing or with my next book and I started to feel just like unworthy and um not good enough and all the things and so my my inner asshole was like everyone else gets to, but not you you know no matter how hard you work no matter how hard you work they're gonna get it there's not enough for you to you know uh, boring but yeah
0: oh my god that actually how many of you right now just went wow that actually felt really nice to hear that Jen Pasteloff feels the same as all of us because I feel that. I felt that this morning, Jen, I'm working on my book proposals right now and I'm like, who the fuck do I think I am? This is gonna work for everyone but me. I still think that there's not enough to go around and that I'll be the one to quote, be shortchanged or you know, I get to support everyone else. But that's that belief.
1: And and that's really, really real for me, like in my body on a cellular level, like having my father yanked away from me at eight years old, you know, it's like, of course, there's not enough. See, boom, parent gone. So every day of my life, I do things. And that is one of the reasons why I'm so always sharing other people, supporting every day I do things. And it's from a genuine place, but it is to remind myself and the world there is enough. If I want to, if I want to believe that, then I got to be that.
0: Yeah. So that's why you feel so passionately about sharing other authors' work and
1: Well, I mean it does really it generally does like make me high and like lift me up and not just other authors in general. I just I it's uh you know, I want us all to I'm like, yeah, I just I get I get excited when I love something to share it or I love someone. But but yes, you know, it really is just like well, if I if I battle with the scarcity mentality that every day I'm gonna do things that that
0: do not let me. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it still creeps up, though, and that's okay. That that voice comes, it says, "Oh, but maybe absolutely. for everyone but you,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I, I do think it's important for people that we perceive as successful or role models or that we admire for for those people to share their humanness, you know, mm-hmm. and what they're feeling because it's easy to be like, it's so easy for them or." wow um their life is so perfect or makeup stories or whatever it is it just it it allows us to feel more human right
0: yeah it does because people relate to people not perfection and yeah that's one of the big things you do so effortlessly you people you. you human really well that's a superpower and and that
1: comes really naturally i've always been that way but And I, and I do not understand operating any, any other way. Yeah. I really don't understand how other, how everyone doesn't operate on that level. Just like people are people, but.
0: But they don't. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces for you that I've noticed is you said this even side, inside that workshop that I was on, you said more people consider what, how I share and how I interact to be brave. And you, you say that's just me being me. I'm, Brave is when you get out of your comfort zone and you try something mm-hmm. that's hard. The things that you're praising me for aren't the hard parts, aren't the brave parts for me.
1: Yeah, I shared. I you know at that keynote I gave in Iowa last week, I um I shared about that. You know, I do scoff at when people. I used to you know always share my apartment. You know that. Yeah. And I lived. I lived for 19 years in a very small one bedroom apartment in Santa Monica. And my husband and my son, we all share a bed. We still do. But even though he now has a bedroom, but um, I would like openly share my apartment. And I think it it challenged people's ideas of, of well, it confused people, first of all. People are like, Jen's so successful, something they made up because what is successful? That's a whole other podcast. Oh, that's a whole other, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure I am. But but it's all relative. It's like, you know, I'm the breadwinner and. And what is successful to me, the way I've always defined it, at least over the last decade, is when I go to bed at night, I put my head down, I get, I go, I get, I told the truth today. Now, now having a lot of money, that's also great, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're successful. Again, a whole other podcast. But people, I think I challenge people. They go, oh, Jen's so successful, or so I think she is, and she's living in this like tiny, dumpy apartment, blah blah blah, and they were like fascinated, and then all the comments I would get about how brave I was to share it, which I just, it's ridiculous because like that's how we're programmed is like, Oh, I'm brave to share it because, because I should be living in a bigger home. I should, but I'm not. And, and, and I'm like, wow. So brave to share how I'm really living. And I just think, I think that is utterly absurd. And that's why then I was like, well, more, you know, I had nothing to ha- what, and, and and the irony is like people came to me and drove, but the amount of people privately who messaged me how brave it was. And I thought, man, we we really have some reevaluating to do mm-hmm. with, with how we think of bravery and or like someone who who I would you know share a picture and my belly showing or something, and they're like, Oh, you're so brave. It's like, oh fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Man, like I could think of brave, my friend Stephanie, mm-hmm. who Lives, who's in Iowa, she's a nurse, Stephanie Mons, and when I was sick, when I was there giving the talk, she was coming to visit, but she, and she ended up taking care of me. One of her children has died and last month her sister died of covid and a couple weeks later her dad died and she's a nurse and she doesn't live with her family, she has to trap. She's fucking brave. You know, tell me I'm brave because I share my 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 apartment because it has one bedroom, right? Like that is the definition of just just fuck off. Well, but I think it's, it's all, it's all how we've been, um, we're, pr- I guess, programmed at right?
0: Mm-hmm. It makes um, me think of Glennon Doyle on her podcast recently. She had this exact same conversation. People have said, oh, it's because you, you're willing, you know, you're brave because you're willing to share these intimate details of your life, like your eating disorder, alcoholism, um, your sexuality. And she goes, oh, I get it you think it's brave because I should have shame around these parts of my story.
1: That's why I created shame mom.
0: Exactly. Which is my next question to you is Mm -hmm. like, let's talk about the fact that first of all, there is no shame, right? In, in sharing your life, what your body, you should be shameful about your body. You should be shameful about your house. I mean, that's ridiculous. And yet, we both know the DMs and the comments that we consistently get about, quote, being brave. So let's talk about shame loss.
1: Just in terms of, of language, you said there is no shame in sharing blah, blah, blah. So, mm. but, but actually there is. Right. So
0: if we're telling the truth
1: okay. and maybe not for everyone, but for a lot of us, it's like there is shame and I'm going to acknowledge it and then put it down. Mm. Right. I'm, I'm feeling shame. So I think really probably maybe what you meant is um, there needn't be, right? <laughs> yeah, is that, there,
2: isn't it right? That's but, fair.
1: But if that's we're true. saying, okay, but, but what am I feeling? So let's talk about.
0: Well, yesterday. So yesterday I posted that for the past month, I have been in a pretty serious depression. It's a combination of seasonal depression, anxiety, And also my ADD has been really flaring up. And that has brought me a lot of shame for a little bit because I thought, here I am trying to run a company and I can't focus. I don't want to get out of bed. I have shame around the fact that I haven't worked out. And first, I don't feel good. Uh, You know, my body doesn't feel good not working out. But then secondly, and deeper, I have a fear of gaining weight from healing my body dysmorphia and eating disorders. That's just a lingering of, of, being, of gaining weight, of gaining weight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of gaining weight. That's like lingering there in the backstory. Right. And right. So if you're really being honest or forthcoming, you go, um, and
1: you're, you're not putting a judgment on it. Like if this is wrong or right or good or bad, but like the fact is like, I feel shame. And now I'm gonna, and this idea of, of shame loss is like on a daily basis putting it down.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't um, need it. I know it doesn't serve me. I know I don't, I don't actually want to identify with it, and I don't believe that it should be shameful anymore.
1: No, I, I it, it, it absolutely does. I mean, at once upon a time, in in ancient times, you know, it served us, right? It, it was survival. I, have, I mean, I have so much to shame, say about shame. Shame isn't logical, first of all. So when people will like, oh, I don't, I mean why would you feel shame about that shame isn't logical <laughs> <laughs> and then the, and then you just feel shame for feeling shame right but um and i think sometimes we we can let it go permanently and other times it's, it's gonna be a practice for the rest of our lives, right so i created shame loss because so much of my life was spent living in shame carrying shame making decisions from a place of shame you know, when I was eight and my dad died the last, he said, he said, you're being bad and making me not feel good. And I said, I hate you. And, and that was the last thing, last exchange ever. So naturally, you know, it was my fault. He died. I killed him. He said, you're being bad. You're being bad. That's all I heard. I'm bad. I'm a bad person. So the shame around that was as big as you get. Um, and then with, with my hearing loss, you know, not anymore. I struggle sometimes still with feeling stupid because I can't keep up, but I don't have shame anymore. So maybe that's not true because sometimes I do feel the stupid, in quotes, brings up that shame. But I, before I was open about it, before I was like, you know, I would walk into a room and lead with that, that I'm deaf, small D deaf, and I read lips, I would like pretend and, and, and try to keep up and then, you know, not be able to, and the shame I felt, you know, I thought the reason I didn't ever talk about it was a, I was scared. Like if I named it, then it would get worse, but also that something I was already a bad person. and Now I'm broken. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. You know? So, um, hiding that. And I mean, even the ADD thing it's only in the last like couple weeks that I've ever even admitted that out loud. You know, I mean, what brought
0: you to admit it out loud? Shame loss. Your own work is healing you. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought and, and
1: compassion for my younger self, you know, like I go, Oh man. So my mom, my mom's always had it. And it, and, and it's kind of a, a, you know, my whole life, my, my refrain with my mom is like, mom, are you listening? And the irony that I made a career out of listening, you know, (laughs) but it's it's my ADD. And so I just was like, fucking fuck ADD excuse for everything. God damn it. Uh, and, and my sister has it. And, and, you know, my mom was always like, you have it. And, uh, and the rage I would feel, or if anyone suggested it, the embarrassment, the rage, the denial, like, what are you trying to, if someone's like, maybe you have ADD. I'm like, uh, the insult you know yes so finally in january that's 21st 21 i finally went on medication and i just it breaks my heart a little bit because i think back of like when i took that semester up, nyu mm-hmm. i had one year left you know and i never went back if I would have realized then, like on top of the depression that I was dealing with this, like I can go back and see myself sitting in the library, sitting in both, sitting in, that was the name of the library, and, and like all the things that I do and why I couldn't get a book read. And and I'm like, oh, poor baby. I just, uh, I wish I could go back and hug me and like, and and realize what I needed and that I learned differently and I probably need medication or, or whatever. Um, But I just realized there's no there's no shame in it
0: anymore. That's a big piece about this. I'm just seeing in your story. Thank you for sharing that, Jen, because you helped me just heal something too. That we still get to mourn and grieve while also releasing the shame. Because I believed for a very long time that I was I had very intelligent parents. My dad has ADD, and I did not want. To struggle like my dad, so when I would hear anything like maybe you have ADD, I'd be like, I'm not like him. I'm not like. That. Oh yeah. No, I, can, no. I can do no. this. I can figure this out. But I also believe that I didn't, um, that I wasn't as smart as the two of them. That like somehow I missed that gene, and that I couldn't keep up in the way they could because I couldn't read books like they could. And my junior year of college, I finally started taking Adderall. And in two years, I became the valedictorian of my college. That's
1: that's so incredible. Because
0: I could fucking read, Jen. I could sit down and focus. And then, then, Jen, I realized I just realized this in this moment. So thank you for freeing me of this story. Because I, in that moment, I realized. Then I went, okay, well now I don't have to study anymore, so I don't need it. So I took myself without telling the doctors, I took myself off of Adderall this entire time until this season. Right now, I've got a doctor's appointment next week to be like, hey, so I think I may need it. But the shame story said, oh, you're giving up. You're failing. You can't just Mm -hmm. white knuckle your way through this. Why the fuck do we do that?
1: You read my book. I went off my I mean, my friend's going through this right now, too she went off for meds and I said, why? And it it could have been, it was a page out of my book. Well, I've been doing the work and I thought, you know, and here's the thing, not, not all depression is chemical, right? So some is situational and some people go on meds and you get out of that hole and you're fine. If, like me, you've struggled your whole entire life. You know, it's not, it doesn't matter how good things are. Um, or like, I don't have to study anymore, you know? So right. it's really telling the truth to ourselves and finding ways every single day to put down the shame. I think, I do think it's, it's a daily practice and that's where I get in trouble a lot is I fall off the daily
0: practices or I get cocky, you know? <laughs> I get cocky. I get, that's, my, yeah, that's I my truth. My honest truth is I go, you know, on a streak of like 10 days and I'm like, oh. I'm good, you know? Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. Or like, I'm trying to think, oh, last summer, 2020, yeah. I guess, uh-huh. you know, the doctor, I have gastritis and gallstones. She's like, stop drinking. And I did well. And then when I bought my house, you know, little by little, everything was drinking again. And then I'm back to the same bullshit. And my gastritis, it's back where I started because I got cocky. It's like, I can, it's fine, it's fine, you know? And then it's, it's the same thing. It's like the same pattern I do which is very much like binge mentality. It reminds me, it's like all or nothing, you know?
0: Oh yeah, I do know, Jen. I know very, very well, yes. And the question I have then is the two of us being neurodivergent, all or nothing type people who consistently face shame, but don't want to and want to help others not to, which is kind of both of our life's work. (laughs) What the fuck? How do we do this shame loss thing for ourselves? I'm so good at helping everyone else but me, Jen. Okay. Let
1: me tell you something. First of all, I'm older than you. I think I got a decade on you. I think. What are you, 36?
0: I'm 36. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. So nanny, nanny, boo boo. Um, (laughs) um, But, and I say that jokingly, but also not because, you know, each year I've been on the planet, I've gotten better. (laughs) I've liked myself better. So, so I just have more years of practice. Um, I definitely have gotten better at it. Um, my recovery time is really, really quick. Really quick. Now it's not as quick if I'm sick. It's not mm-hmm. as quick if I'm not taking care of myself, right? My inner asshole is breeding ground for your inner asshole when you're not taking care of yourself, when you're sick, when you're when your hormones are out of whack. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, when when you're tired. Stressed out. So that's the breathing ground. And then, and then, then it's easier to be like, I'm saying, you know, become riddled with shame. We do it just like I do it, just like I teach anyone else. I'm like, okay, so I, all the different tools, and there's not just one. There's, you know, who are you surrounding yourself with? That's big for me. Community is everything. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they people who reflect back to you who you really are? Or people who, reflect back to either an older version of yourself or like that you're a piece of shit, you know? So getting really clear and really um, discerning on who you're allowing in, who you're spending your time with.
0: You spend your time with a lot of really famous authors and writers. I mean,
1: some of that smoke and mirrors, it might look like that. It's not like I'm like hollowing every day with like,
0: Hello, (laughs) Well, hello, good lady. Yes. Okay, fine. But how do you stay grounded in your truth and not let it be intimidating? Because there's a part of me that loves surrounding myself with humans like you, which I do on a consistent basis, that do inspire me and push me. And then there's that unhealed 13-year-old that thinks I'm not going to get picked. I'm going to have to sit at the other cafeteria table. And how do you not feel... Go back into that shame spiral and that intimidation.
1: I I, I don't though. I'll say like I I at, at where I am now. I am so confident and grounded in who I am, and I don't let anyone. And like every once in a while, something will happen, maybe, but I don't let anyone rock me. So this is th- what's really cool is I gave this big keynote the other day when I was deathly ill. Don't know how or who <laughs> I channeled, but. By far, I think it's the best thing I've ever done, and it was all about. It was called the power of connection, vulnerability, and being real. And before I got up, I was in the audience watching the person before me, and very polished and lots of powerpoints. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, shit!" <laughs> and you know what? I had sticky notes. <laughs> yeah, you did like too. <laughs> and, I, and I stuck it to my chest, and and I went up there, and I was utterly myself. And I promised myself, no matter what, I'm going to be utterly myself. And I swear to God, the line to talk to me after and the messages I got. And, and, and like some people even ask me, how do you have the courage, essentially, how do you have the courage to be so yourself or mm-hmm. to be so vulnerable? Um, and the woman started crying when she asked me that. And I, and I said, I think the, the more important question is, what about that makes you cry? And she said, well, I really struggle with that. And so it boils down to what will they think, right?
0: Oh, always.
1: So I, so I don't know. I really just, um, I'm like, you know, this is me. This is me. And there, I, I, I have a confidence in that. And now do I think everyone's going to love me or like me? That's no, no. And also I don't need to know. That's another thing. Like I don't go and read reviews. I don't, you don't ever need to tell me like, well, Jen, so-and-so doesn't like ever. Um, it's not that I'm in denial that I think everyone likes or loves me, not in any way, shape or form. I'm I'm really aware of that in an abstract way. I don't need to know, you know, and sometimes people feel they need to tell me
0: fine, <laughs> but Oh, the internet.
1: Yeah. Oh, the internet. I don't know. I definitely don't. I, I don't, um, I, I don't allow for any of like the less than feeling yeah. when it comes to other. No, that doesn't mean I don't admire people, but I don't feel like, you know, I'm, I'm less than or, Oh, uh, you know, you and, don't and I don't know if I can even answer how it's just, it's just, uh, comes from this sense of grounding and confidence that I
0: have in who I am. Do you feel that you've always had that or did it come at some particular time in your life?
1: I've always had that, but it's definitely gotten, a, um, over the last, you know, since my forties, like above and beyond. Yeah. Like, I don't know where the confidence comes from. I really, really don't, but I don't care. I'm like, I'll take it. Um, no, I think, you know, I always was confident, but I probably could fake it more and that's the thing. Yeah. Which is fine. But now it's like really, you know I, I just I think back about like in my twenties and when I was weight pushing and to how badly I wanted like someone to discover me. Pick me see me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And pick me, pick me. Um and I and I and recently that came up again when I was going through some stuff with my new book. And no, I I am who I am. And that's it.
0: And it's fucking beautiful, Jen. It's powerful. It's beautiful to be in your energy. It really is. Well, thank you. Likewise. I mean,
1: you know, I am in awe of you. I, yeah, I'm like, I just need to hire you. And it's funny that. I didn't know you had ADD or, or m- maybe I'd forgot but like, because you're, you seem to be so organized and, you know, and, and your buckets and <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't even know like how much money is in the bank. And, uh, you know,
0: uh, it's a part I'm of Abby. <laughs> like, let's get this shit organized for you. My answer, my answer for me uh, is that I have a team. I put my, honestly, it's that I have, I do too, but I don't know how to delegate because I get, you know what I mean? I get yeah, like, I'm going to help you. We're going to work through some of that together. I'm going to help you to delegate the team for your brain because that you I'm deserve. i to
1: hold you accountable because so many people are going to listen to this podcast and now now we have to do it.
0: We're going to do it. We're going to get on the books. We're going to finish our conversation around getting your business to really reflect and work for you. That's the thing that I love helping women like you. Uh,
1: you know, okay, there there there's something there is a place in my life I have some shame around okay exact conversation Mm -hmm. yeah like why can I still get it together why am I still in any way spinning my wheels why am I still in any way you know um at this point
0: oh that at this point the oh god that Mm -hmm. at this point conversation that's a hard one yeah at this point, I should, and then fill in the blank. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. At this point, I should uh, have my business more organized. I should By have- now, right, right? right? I should have lost the baby weight. I should have already written the book. I should have been making more money. It doesn't, have you noticed this for anyone listening that is nodding their head, throwing their loofah or their car keys at the grocery store right now? Here's what's so fucking fascinating. It doesn't matter what it is. Jen Pasoloff has her shit. Abby Gibb has her shit. And you. Listening, have your shit. We all have something that is at this point in my life, I should. And you know what? It's not getting us any closer, but we still fucking do it. So that brings me to the importance of this next book. Let's talk some more about what is this next book you're writing? How is it? How have you allowed it to change you mm. personally? This process. How do I allow what? How have you allowed it to change you personally as you're writing this book? Who are you becoming in the process of writing this book? Because I think. That's a part of the gift of us as leaders and what art can do for the artist.
1: You know, I love that question. Um, I'm just becoming more and more congruent and in alignment with who I say I am and whatever that may be. For example, like someone who allows for humanness. Then, then I'm going to be in alignment with that, right? I'm not just going to preach that and then be a total dickhead to myself all the time. Also, the big message I mentioned earlier, like, you get to have this as I'm working through the book and the ideas and and all of that, really embodying it. So, I, I mean, I guess that's the same thing as the first thing I said, but that uh, alignment, like, really embodying that, yeah, I do get to have this. And it doesn't mean I get to have this house that I bought, which I did, but what I mean is, I get, I get to have an exhale. I get to have Ooh. deep connection. I get to have ease. I get to have moments where I'm not worried, because you know my default is to feel like I'm responsible for everyone. So I get to have this. You get to have this. Whatever it is that our inner asshole is saying that we don't get to have,
0: we get to have it. What is this book title? Do you have? Is it? Are you in the? Are you in the book proposal? Part or have you already gotten yeah, the deal? Yeah, I'm still working on that,
1: so I don't know yet. I thought I, I thought it was right on time, and although that might, you know, that will still be inherent in the book. I'm not sure if that's going to be the title, which you know, this this belief that a lot of us have, a lot of women, predominantly, and maybe maybe everyone, but like I'm late, I'm behind, you know, I'm not where I should be. Just like we were just talking about by now. By now I don't have this figured out, you know. Really embracing like I'm I'm right on time.
0: You're right on time. You're right on time. Um, so is this book but, are you in the process of writing the book or are you writing the book proposal? Where are you in this journey? Uh both. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's um I'm working on a book for my publisher who did On Being Human and this one's going to be more self-help. Yeah. Where the where On Being Human was inspirational memoir. It was called Mm. Um. this is more self-help. So it's it's a little different. Yeah. A little different for me,
0: you know? What has it been bringing up for you in the last couple of weeks that some resistance mm. or stories that are bullshit that you don't want to write to yourself anymore?
1: Well, because the, the proposal we sent essentially was too much like memoir, you know? And they're like, we want you to do a self-help book. And, oh, it brought up like, again like I was saying before like other people you know get to get to have this and I don't know how to do a self-help oh this is never gonna happen I'm gonna be a hundred when I have another book Uh, you know all the bullshit and a lot of it has to do the irony a lot of it has to do with time because you know right on time right and Mm. yet everything takes so long in publishing and so I'm like fuck I'm gonna be a hundred when a book comes out and the irony of that is just making me laugh for a book Right on time. That stays the title, but
0: but also that's just isn't that life. Fuck! It's the mm-hmm. title of the book is going to be the lesson that you, the writer, also yeah. have to learn.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's about trust and patience and but it's really the the practical ways and the or the tools I'm offering up to to quiet your inner asshole and to put down shame. Mm. And to um,
0: remind ourselves that we get to have this, this big, beautiful life. Yeah. that we Can you say that again? That we get to have, just say it, just declare it. Yeah.
1: R- to remind ourselves that we get to have this, this big, beautiful life. Get to have
0: this big, beautiful life. And it is mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's hard and it's messy and it's shameful and it's all of those pieces. That's, that's it. It's all of all it. All of it.
1: Make him, I mean, that's what, that's what it is to be human. It's all of it.
0: My last question. It's just been such a delicious time to get to chat with you. How has writing this book taught you about inner asshole compassion and creativity and freedom that you didn't have when you wrote the first book?
1: Well, I'll start with freedom. A lot of freedom has come with really just owning my voice. And and all the coaching I've been doing, which I didn't do so much before because I was traveling so much, but then with COVID, and really um infusing so much of what I do with humor and levity. And like that's one of my my signposts or my signatures. And so just embracing that, you know, like this is my voice. I'm not trying to alter it so it it sounds more saleable or more like someone else or more self-hopey or more literary, you know, just like, this is my voice. This is me. This is how I write. And you know what? People seem to be reading it. And even if they don't, but um, like having a, a faith in that. So the freedom in that is like, I'm really, really going to stay true to my voice. Not that I didn't at all. And I'm being human, but this book is self-help and that's not necessarily like my thing. Right. Like I, that doesn't feel necessarily natural to me. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to make it as gin, as pastel as possible. (laughs) Um, Creativity is a a good one because I am finding new ways. It's really important to me every day to touch my creativity somehow. I'm finding new ways to do that. And in my retreats these days, I've been having people do a photo essay of the day, just finding all different ways to, to be creative and Access that part of us. So, this book is helping with that because, again, it's a different thing that I would normally pick myself, you know? Like, yeah. I would roll my eyes, self help. So, finding a way to be creative with who I am and what I want to say and how I want to say it. What was the other one?
0: Having compassion with your shame loss. Or, I mean, your inner asshole, Yeah, I mean. compassion with your inner asshole. That,
1: um, because it's really important to me to be who I say I am, to have the courage to be who I say I am, I, I really try and catch myself when I'm not having compassion or when I'm being a jerk to myself and, and use the tools. And it doesn't always work. Some days I'm like, get out of here to myself, you know, I,
0: but, uh, <laughs> but I wish at home that you could have seen her face right there. I just love how animated you are. You always crack me up. Get it's out of animated. here. I... Rawr.
1: Um, but yeah, you know, and, and but I still have that. Like, I want it now. I don't want to wait a million years. I want it now, Daddy. <laughs> I want it now. Yeah, I
0: was just going to, I was waiting for uh, that.
1: You know what that is, right? That song? Yeah, is, no? it, is it from Annie? Willy Wonka.
0: Oh, no, it's Willy, Willy Wonka. Wonka. I was thinking you were talking.
1: I want to know, daddy, Baruca. Oh, that's right, Baruca.
0: And then she turns purple. Is it that chick that turns purple?
1: Isn't that her? No, 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 no. No? That's Violet.
0: Violet. Oh, right, duh, because Violet Violet would turn purple. purple.
1: Baruca was British, Violet was the guy. Okay, her dad sold cars. I know, you you see, I grew up on that movie. Yeah, you did. And then again, and then again.
0: It kind of creeped me out. I'm not gonna lie. Willy Wonka oh, creeps me the fuck out.
1: I never saw the Johnny Depp one, but the Gene Wilder one. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. He he's in.
1: An- <laughs> By the way, um, what
0: happens when you get two ADD authors together? We start talking about Willy Wonka.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, ugh, that's yep. what I was.
0: That's what I was gonna ask you. Okay, I kind of lied. Here's my real last question, Jen. How the fuck do you get yourself to be motivated, creative, organized enough to work on this book when you're neurodivergent, which I think is a part of our brilliance, but can also be a double-edged because I, sword.
1: Because I asked for help.
0: Yeah. Like how though?
1: I hired Kristen McGinnis. Yeah. There's a very tangible, specific answer, <laughs> you know? Um, but also I have a really good team. My agents constantly are like, you're not doing this alone. So I can do the writing part, but the organizational part, proposal part, all that. um, And I just start to go all over the place. So come on back. Yeah, I yeah. have a team and I have people who help me. Go figure. And I have no shame in that.
0: Yeah. So what I find interesting is the other parts of your business that you still sometimes but feel I do. shame. That's
1: the thing. I do have help. I do. I have an assistant yeah. and everything. It's just, um, I, it's still so all over the place. I haven't been able to. Organize enough to delegate to get it all together so yeah. for example like right now she just helped me with retreat stuff but like every other email comes in and i you know so we actually had a call yesterday but i was still sick to streamline so yeah. i'm getting
0: there you're getting there and the, and yet mm-hmm. even here we get to grow right even here we're yeah. learning we're growing and the piece that i yeah. admire so deeply i won't say it's brave but i'll i will say that i admire about you is that you always let us in behind the curtain
1: but what'd you say oh you won't. i thought you said i thought you said i won't say it's great <laughs> I like, okay i don't know what you're about to say um thank you so that's different what you're saying that's different than like than saying i'm brave you said you, you let us into what's going going on behind the curtains and, the, and there is a, a bravery in that that's not the same thing as like you're so brave for showing your apartment that's not like saying oh um you know this idea when people are like you're shameless is as if you should be ashamed yeah how could you should be ashamed that's why I love shame law um but yeah I I do let people in and not with everything no and we don't we don't owe anyone anything you know
0: speaking of that reminds me of a very wonderful quote I want to end on from the one and only Jen Pasteloff who said oh I just realized one day that hiding who I was wasn't working for me so well. So I stopped. Don't let social media trick you into not enoughness and thus hiding yourself. And also you owe nothing to no one. You don't have to share a thing. Damn right. Damn right. Damn right. How do you do that? How do you know what is the line for you? I was just talking about this with my book coach how do you do that to know what parts you want to share while also reminding yourself yeah. that you don't owe shit to anyone?
1: That's the big one that people have to remember. And I think it's, especially when you start to become like a public figure in air quotes, but, and, and people, it, it feels like people are demanding of you, but it comes, I think it comes with a back to intention. What's my intention with why do I want to share this? And, and it's always going to, the truth will come. For example if if you ask yourself and the answer and it really comes as like i want attention fine fine if that's what but don't lie to yourself right yeah and that's okay like we're human beings you know it's like when people with kids are like oh they just want attention yeah they do you know but for example you know like if i share a lot about my theory and that's like a more recent thing over the years i've been sharing about and it's because i realized it's what I needed, and there are so many people who are like me. And well, I mean, that's what, with so many things, right? Or and and depression, and and especially people who who look at me and make up some kind of story, right? Like, oh, she has it all together. And it's, it's, well, you know, I do, and I also have been having major anxiety lately and feeling depressed. And I think it allows people to feel human. Yeah, but but no, I don't share everything because I check in. I check in and I also I'm like, oh, a that's no one's business. <laughs> and there's no like there's no, I don't there's no reason to share that. Or if I was, it was, you know, maybe I was going to be impulsive or, you know, what am I really looking for right now? Mm-hmm. And if it is attention or connection, is this the way I want to get it?
0: Exactly. And it, it doesn't mean also that because you've shared it once before in a different setting means that the new setting or the new group of people deserve to hear that story. And that's why boundaries are sacred.
1: And I, I reshare the same shame shit all the time in person. And, and I used to get really um, worried about that because I get people who get really into my stuff and they'll come again and again and again. And I'm like, oh, to my husband, oh, my God, I said the same thing because. I know it works. I know certain stories, you know. Yeah. And he he would always say to me, Wayne Dyer, because I was obsessed with Wayne and Wayne always repeated himself. And so you're right. And the truth is, we learn by repetition. And I'm never in the same space. Us, The people hearing it are never in the same space. So
0: it doesn't matter. That's powerful. That's a powerful permission slip for me personally, that I get to continue to share some stories that I know just land in people's hearts and who cares if you've told them before who cares if you've written about them who cares if you've spoken yeah. about them you get to share them again and but again it's
1: it's a worth thing like i have to keep up i have to constantly keep entertaining coming up with something new yes. and enough so people keep loving me and liking me and coming back and 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 make it novel and exciting and
0: oh no no nope. i i'm not available for it anymore and you're right. Being and that's I'll just continue to say being in your presence reminds me not again to be like you, but that I get to be even more deeply like me and that that's enough. Mm.
1: That is that's the key.
0: That's one of one of your superpowers and I'm so grateful well, to call you a friend. Thank you, Chen. Thank you. You're amazing. So are you. The end. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram, so tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.